Today on Locked On A's, we are wishing happy birthday to one special man, the man, the myth, the legend, Yoannis Cespedes. We're talking about him a decent amount today, and then we're going to talk about the playoffs, but we're going to talk about Yoannis Cespedes. Have some fun. Uh, let's get into it. You are Locked On A's, your daily Oakland A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. How's it going, A's fans? And welcome to episode 476 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke. And on today's show, we're talking about Yoannis Espinosa because it is his 37th birthday and we have to wish him well because he's old like me. Uh, so we're going to do that. And then we're going to be talking about the rainout that happened on Monday and uh, some thoughts that I have about that. So that's what we got coming up for you guys on today's show. But before we get into anything, uh, thank you so much for making Locked On A's your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. So go subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's over at Locked On A's over there. We're also at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter. Uh, I'm also at Inside the A's on Twitter, the new baseball blog that we got going uh, that's affiliated with Sports Illustrated. I'm very excited to bring you guys even more A's coverage. There's video. There's a lot of good stuff that's going to be coming to that website. So uh, go ahead and you know follow us over there as well. Uh, but let's get into today's episode because today is Yoannis Espinosa's 37th birthday. And I don't think that I know a single A's fan that did not like La Potencia. Uh, and for good reason. Uh, the guy was loads of fun. And he could pretty much do anything that he wanted to in the field. So uh, he was great. He was a superhero. And uh, 27-year-old Jason really enjoyed Joanna Cespedes. Uh, he was signed by the A's right before the 2012 season and showed us what he could do pretty quickly. The A's started off that season in Japan with a, a couple of games against the Seattle Mariners. Uh, he went one for three in his debut, and one of those hits was a double off of uh, the nightmare man himself, Felix Hernandez. Don't double check this, but uh, I'm pretty sure that he started like 15 straight opening days against the A's. Uh, that's a that's a fact. Uh, you don't need to check fact. Uh, yeah, Felix Hernandez on opening day was just uh, it was a holiday. But like for sadness, the A's had a, such a long losing streak on opening days because they only faced Felix Hernandez and nobody could beat Felix Hernandez because he was a perennial Cy Young contender. And uh, yeah, so that was the A's opening day for years and it sucked. But uh, hey, good for him, I guess. He got to watch his team lose in 18 innings on Saturday. So I guess that was just comeuppance for all those years of heartache that he caused the A's. Also, don't check this fact, but uh, I'm pretty sure that that's the first 
playoff game that Felix Hernandez has been a part of. Ho ho! Oh! Ah! Bing! Zing! Ah! Come at me, Mariners! I don't like you guys anymore. Because <laughs> we're going to see the stupid Astros in the World Series again, probably. Uh, but we'll get into that in the third segment. Let's talk about Ioannis Espinos. So in his first game, he doubled off of Felix Hernandez. He's already a god among A's fans. Uh, in his second game, also in Japan, he hit a go-ahead two-run bomb to left center that let us know that he was for real. In his first home game, he hit one of the farthest home runs that I think that I've ever seen in person, especially at the Coliseum, uh, just to let us know that the first one wasn't a fluke. It clanged off the second deck of the bleachers in left center. It was above the suites. I still look up there every time I go to a baseball game and be like, yeah, that that's where that one hit. I was sitting in the right or the yeah the right field bleachers for that game, and I was like, "Holy crap, that was hit so far!" Uh, I I don't know what the distance was because we didn't have like Statcast back then, so I assume it was seven thousand feet. It was a lot. I'm exaggerating a lot today. We're having fun, anyways. He would actually uh, end up homering three times against the Mariners in his first four big league games and go on to really make a name for himself on a more national, to a more national uh, audience in the 2013 and 2014 uh, home run derbies. He, he put on a show in both of them, particularly the first one at City Field, because uh, he was doing some things to the baseballs that uh, probably should have gotten him arrested because there were some murders going on. Um, but yeah, he, he was... He could hit the ball real hard, real far, and uh, it was great because he was on our team, and that that's kind of what made it fun. Uh, his arm was also ridiculous. You guys have all seen the replays. He, he would fumble the ball, and then he'd just throw it on a line to home plate. It's ridiculous. Uh, he was pretty much a complete baseball player. Like He didn't hit for like average, and he struck out a little bit, but he was a complete baseball player other than that because he could do whatever he wanted. And I think that the, the reason that he connected with the fans so much is because the A's hadn't been very good since 2006 when they made the ALCS, the last time they made the ALCS to this date. Uh, so we, we were all, I mean, A's fans, we were all clamoring for just some winning baseball. And uh, that that was a that was a long layoff for A's fans in between winning baseball teams from twenty or two thousand and seven to twenty eleven. That's a long stretch for us. I don't know how other fan bases uh, content themselves for that long. But uh, going into twenty twelve, we were like, hey, Jamile Weeks, he had a really good twenty eleven season. He's gonna be a guy, and uh, that that didn't happen. But here comes Ioannis Espinez to make us forget about Jamile Weeks completely. Uh, he was later traded. Uh, they were both later traded. Hey, welcome to being on the A's. But uh, yeah, no, he he really made that connection immediately, I think, with the A's and their fans. And I, I posted on Twitter, I was like, hey, has there been a player in A's history that has connected with the fans as quickly as Ioannis Espinez? And uh, I've gotten some some good responses. Uh, I've also gotten some joke responses. Uh, some somebody said Jack Cust, and he did, I believe, home run or hit a homer early. Or, or maybe I'm thinking of Rubio Dorazo because they were similar. Um, yeah, uh, it, it, there's been some guys. Frank Thomas connected pretty quick. Um, Sky Bolt uh, still still working on the connection. Somebody said Sky Bolt, and they got a lot of likes. But uh, that that's a joke. 
It's a joke. Uh, but yeah, Johannes Cespedes really had a special connection with the A's <laughs> and their fans. And we had heard that the A's had signed some guy that had a workout video uh, where, where he could do some, some pretty cool athletic feats. But nobody really knew what to make of him. Uh, Ray Fossey and uh, Glenn Kleiber, they, they did not know uh, what he was going to be. They are like, eh, we'll see, I guess. Nobody in baseball knew what he was going to be. And if they did, they probably would have signed him. And instead of letting the A's sign him, because the A's aren't notoriously getting like top tier free agents like this. Uh, but then he comes out and he announces himself the way that he did. And I think that it's hard not to fall in love with somebody in that situation when you just haven't seen winning baseball in a while. You, you haven't had that, that franchise cornerstone in a little while. And he just comes out and he can do anything on the baseball field. Uh, he, he wasn't quite, you know, the stolen base threat that Ricky was, uh, and he didn't hit as many home runs as McGuire or Conseco or, you know, some of the other guys from, you know, yesteryear. But I feel like he was my generation's version of those guys where you, you just loved watching those guys play and you'd get behind him. Maybe not Conseco as much, but, uh, you could get behind him and they, they could be your guy on this team and people would know who you were talking about. It's not like now you're like... I like Dermis Garcia a lot. And people be like, who is that? Is he good? And I'm like, I don't know, but I like him a lot. Uh, people know you want to Cespedes because they, they knew all the highlights. And it, it was it, it's different when it's not somebody as niche as like a Jerry Blevins, who I also really liked. Uh, but when, when it's somebody on the national stage, it, you feel that deeper connection to them and more ownership of them, which seems weird because, uh, you know, there's just baseball players that play for your team, but it, it feels like they're yours. They're, they're, they're your guys. And so you're, you root for them harder. And uh, I think that that's part of it as well. He was a threat at the plate and in the field. And when he got a chance, you knew that he might do something special when he could hit the furthest home run that these eyes have ever seen in person, or he could make a tremendous throw. He could make a catch. He could steal a base in a big situation. He could do something special whenever you were watching. And the A's haven't had a ton of those kinds of players in at least recent years. So in the Billy Bean era-ish, I guess maybe this since like 2006, they haven't had that many of those guys. So, that's why La Potencia stands out just a little bit more uh, in, you know, today's A's fandom, I guess. Um, so, anyways, uh, happy birthday to Juana Cespedes. But if you thought that that was it, then I was just going to talk about that. No, 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 no. I'm talking about current day Juana Cespedes coming up next. I got more Cespedes content coming your way, and you're definitely going to want to hear it. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. You can find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all of your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including baseball. We got the playoffs going on, and then you got football because they're great at football, and then you got hockey, which just started its regular season, and then the NBA, which bounces off because you can't kick in basketball. It bounces off on uh, on Tuesday, today. It, it bounces off today. So 
you got all those things that you can go ahead and bet on. And table tennis. Don't forget about table tennis betting. It's it's important. But anyways, uh, you guys can head over to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more because BetOnline is where the game starts. Welcome back to the Locked On Ace Podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. Follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter. If you guys have any questions for us, join our Twitter community for Locked On A's. Pose a question and they're all answered here on the show or over at my website, Inside the A's, in affiliation with Sports Illustrated. Uh, make sure to follow us on uh, Twitter and Facebook at Inside the A's over there as well. But let's keep on celebrating Ioannis Cespedes on his birthday because as of a few days ago, Cespedes is officially playing in the Dominican Winter League on Agullas Sabinas is how I'm going to say it. I, I, I'm sorry. I tried. Uh, if that's not right, which I'm guessing that it's not, uh, and you know what the answer is, uh, l- let me know on social media so I don't keep fumbling over that because I'm going to be talking about Cespedes in the Dominican Winter League uh, it, it, whenever he does anything good. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, but he is one for seven through three games with a single and two strikeouts. It, it's early going. Small sample size. He's going to be popping bombs before too long here, but that's not what I want to talk about today, though. Uh, well, it, it, it is and it isn't. Uh, it is because it kind of matters a little bit, but it isn't because it doesn't matter yet. So back in 2017, uh, when Cespedes was on the Mets, he had a chat with Susan Slazer, and she published this in a, in a place called the San Francisco Chronicle because she used to write about the A's for the San, Fr- San Francisco Chronicle. Uh, so in that chat... Uh, he said that he told Jerry Blevins, quote, uh, I, I told Jerry Blevins, uh, I don't know how many years I'm going to play, but I'm going to play my last year of my career in Oakland. I don't know if that's possible or not, but that's my goal, end quote. Um, and that that uh, that stuck with me. I know, I know that people change their minds. And this quote is from five years ago, and uh, he's been out of baseball for a couple of years, but people change their minds. But for some reason, I still think that he would kind of like to finish his career in the green and gold. Obviously, the A's are in a rebuilding phase, so there is conceivably a spot that could be his on the 26-man roster if he indeed wanted to play for the A's for one more season. Uh, It doesn't even have to be a whole season, just like until he gets bored and then he he can go home. It's fine. Just let him play for a little bit. And if you're wondering, hey, is he still under contract with the Mets? Uh, No, he was granted free agency in 2020 after he opted out of the season because, you know, COVID. He he opted out of the 2020 season, uh, but then the Mets said he was missing. And it was like a scandal for a few hours. We were like, what's going on here? It was a whole thing. Uh, The Mets are dumpster fire is the... (laughs) I, they have new ownership now, but the Mets were a dumpster fire, kind of still are, uh, and that that was that was the thing. So he is no longer with the Mets. He was granted free agency. So uh, I think the people were wondering if he actually got to free agency because he just opted out. But it was the last year of his contract, so it didn't matter. Uh, anyways, he can sign with any team that he wants to, and if he still wants to play for the A's, he could sign with the A's. So I think that. If he puts up some some okay numbers in the Dominican Winter League, 
You could bring him into spring training as like a non-roster invitee. No pressure there. You don't got to put him on the 40-man roster to guarantee him a spot or anything. Uh, You just go ahead and let him compete for a spot on the opening day roster. And if he doesn't make the team, he can decide if he wants to go to Vegas uh, or, you know, just officially retire or go home and try again or try out for another team. He, he, He wouldn't have ties to the A's if he didn't want them, basically. But he could come into spring training and compete, like actually compete for a spot on the 26-man roster. And I know that there are precious few spots on this club, and and we're trying to figure out which players are going to be the players of the future and which guys are worth keeping around a little bit longer. But baseball is also a business, and uh, that's something that I think a lot of us lose sight of sometimes. And I'm not sure that there is an A's fan out there that would not want to show up and pay money to go see Yoannis Cespedes in green and gold one last time, whether that's down in Mesa, Arizona, or if he made the team and was in Oakland, I think that he would get a very hearty welcome back. Uh, He was traded away suddenly in the 2014 season for John Lester, and John Lester still has my ire for, you know, costing me Yoannis Cespedes, and for other reasons, obviously. But but he was traded mid-season, and it was a shocker to everybody and uh so we we as fans who love this man who played baseball very well for us and was kind of like our guy for a little bit uh we, we never got to say goodbye or to say thank you for all of the memories that he provided in 2012 and 2013 and half of 2014 so let his performance dictate how long he gets to stick around but the A should bring him back for just a little bit to make good by the fans. And I know that you're probably saying, well, the A's never try to make good by the fans. They don't care about the fans. Blah. Well, that's true. Yes, that, that is true. But uh, by the time spring trading rolls around, they may be looking for some goodwill from the fan base because they may have had a binding vote with the Oakland City Council and may actually be, in fact, staying in Oakland by the time baseball games are being played. That's the hope, at least. There's going to be some hurdles but to get it done in that time frame. But it, they could legitimately be looking for goodwill from the fans after kind of screwing them over the last season. And, uh, you know, just generally uh, in recent years as well. So uh, could it be something that they would definitely consider to build goodwill with the fan base? I think so. I think that the honest assessment is has like a, an okay shot at being an Oakland A. One, if he wants to play baseball again in the United States and, with, you know, in Major League Baseball. And uh, two, I, I guess that's really the determining factor. Because uh, if he wants to play for the A's, why would they say no? It's not like it matters to the wins and losses right now. Ha- put on a show, bring some people back to the yard, and get the fans back in the seats. That's what the A's should be doing uh, this season is just trying to put on a nice show make people come out. So I'll be keeping an update or I'll be keeping an eye out on seeing how he's doing in the Dominican winter league to see if it's still feasible here in like a month or two. But, uh, I mean, if, if it's feasible, why not? Let me know what you guys think, and uh, I will start a Twitter revolution if we need to, because I got I got written outlets, I got voice outlets, I got social media outlets. I, I can get it going, and then we, we take it from there. But anyways, coming up, I'm talking about the rainout that happened on Monday and what seems to be happening here on Tuesday in the Yankees and Guardians game, so stick around. Welcome back to the Locked On Ace Podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show and you've made it this far, please leave us a five-star review on your platform of choice. Uh, Just whichever one you like, five stars. There. It's very helpful. It makes me feel nice. And uh, 
Why don't you want to make me feel nice? I guess this is my question. Uh, make sure to follow the podcast on YouTube. You can subscribe to the channel over there at Locked On A's. We're also at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter. And also, if you could, check out the, the new sites inside the A's. It's in affiliation with Sports Illustrated. Uh, I've got a, a welcome piece up there. I've got some minor league stuff up there. I've got some stuff on Christian Pache up there and Sean Murphy and Kirby Snead. There, there's some, some good stuff in there to get you through the offseason season to get you some A's content and uh yeah so follow us at Inside the A's on Twitter and Facebook as well but with that let's talk about some playoff baseball because as I'm recording this the Yankees are beating up on the Guardians five to one in the eighth uh they started Nestor Cortez on three days rest and on the last two episodes I sat here and I said that I thought that the rain out on Thursday would probably help Cleveland win the series because of their depth and I stand by that but uh, th- there was another rain out on Monday, so we'll never know. And I could still look like a genius and be like, hey, no, it makes sense, right? But uh, the Yankees' depth didn't get tested, so we're seeing whatever is happening uh, today. So uh, there-, there was a big uproar on social media on Monday night well, after the league, uh, you know, postponed the game to to Tuesday because people were saying that they were essentially handing the Yankees the series by postponing the game on Monday and moving it to Tuesday afternoon. And as I just said, uh, I believe that moving the game a day later certainly helped the Yankees in the decisive game five. Otherwise, they probably wouldn't have started Nestor Cortez and he wouldn't have had as much rest. So what he has been would he have been as effective in game five if he was going on two days rest instead of three? Because two days rest is insane. Three, that's been done a decent amount. But uh, I, I don't know that he would have been as effective as five run or five innings and one run. Uh, that's that's a pretty good line. He he was very effective. He kept his pitch count under control. He he got some distance, and that's what the Yankees needed. And uh, Cleveland did not match that move by putting Shane Bieber on the bump on three days rest. Uh, he was the, their game two starter. Nestor Cortez was the Yankees game two starter, and that could end up being the difference. Is that Shane Bieber was not the starter for for Cleveland in this game uh, because Aaron Savali, he, he got the ball first and he gave up three runs in a third of an inning. And that did not seem to work out well without those three runs. It's a two to one game. And this is legitimately still interesting right now, as opposed to uh, the, the light hitting Cleveland offense, tr- having three outs left to try and do something. And I, I don't know that they're going to do it. So that all said, uh, I'm not necessarily mad about the post, the second postponement. Uh, if Game 2 had been played on Thursday like it was originally scheduled, then the starters, Cortez and Bieber, would still have been at three days of rest heading into this Game 5 scenario. And w- would they have chosen a different option? I-, I mean, would Cleveland have started Bieber on three days rest if it had been on Sunday as opposed to if it's today? I- you got to think that that wouldn't be the case. I mean... It, not without retrospect, at least. So if you're good with one rainout, then you have to be okay with both, I think, because, you know, you want them to play in good conditions. And if you wanted zero rainouts, then you're actually getting the product and the decisions that came along with that anyway. So uh, it just took a couple of extra days to get there. The real issue that should be raised here is that uh, because of the rainouts, whichever team wins this game will then have to head to Houston to play on Wednesday, which is... 
the day after they're playing game five here to kick off the ALCS against Justin Verlander, who had a sub two ERA, I believe, this season. So, yeah, he was really good. Uh, he wasn't very good in the playoffs against the Mariners, but that's beside the point. Uh, the Astros have been resting since they clinched on Saturday after sweeping the Mariners. So they're going to be nice and rested. They're going to have all of their pitching in a line and the Yankees or Guardians, if they come back, uh, are really going to have to struggle to figure out who they're throwing and when. Uh, but that's where you, you make the argument over fairness. I don't think that this series is necessarily being shifted. I don't think that the ALDS between the Yankees and the Guardians is being shifted because of the rainouts, um, because there's been two and they're on the same schedule and blah, blah, blah. It, it's working out probably how it would have anyway. Anyways, uh, that all said, I do remember when Justin Verlander and the Tigers swept the Yankees in 2012 after beating the A's in five, whatever. Uh, it, it, they, they, they beat the Yankees in the 2012 ALCS and had to wait a few days for the Giants to finish up their series. I believe it was against the Cardinals. Uh, stupid Giants. Anyways, uh, he, he then gave up five runs in four innings and allowed two of Pablo Sandoval's three home runs in that game. So maybe rest isn't great for Verlander. And uh, he also got shelled in his last start against Seattle. So, hey, let's, let's see what happens. Maybe Justin Verlander just is dominant against the A's and sucks against everybody else, which I, I saw some stats on that, and uh, it that is kind of the case. So I'm not putting it past Justin Verlander to just uh, show up and suck on Wednesday. Uh, I think that it could happen, honestly, because uh, the world is cruel. Anyways, uh, I guess we'll see on what happens with the ALCS and what happens with uh, this Game 5 here, but uh, I am really not ready for the cesspool that social media is going to become if it's the Yankees and the Astros and the ALCS with Houston having a clear rest advantage. It's going to be awful, and uh, I would just start blocking people because you're going to find out some people's true colors, and it's not going to be great because, oh, man, those two fan bases hate each other so much. And uh, nobody likes either of them. So, yeah, if you're a fan of the A's, which I assume you are since you're listening to this, uh, just go ahead and block all of those people because it's going to be awful. Anyways, uh, that's all that I got for you guys today. Hopefully tomorrow we're talking about Bob Melvin getting one step closer to the World Series. But uh, anyway, regardless... Thank you so much for making Locked On Ace your first listen today. Now go make your second listen to Locked On MLB podcast because baseball expert Paul Francis Sullivan, he brings humor and passion and a unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB. They're on the Odyssey app. They're on YouTube. They're wherever you get podcasts. So wherever you're listening to this, go ahead and subscribe to Locked On MLB as well. Give Sully a little thumbs up or a, a five star, whatever you want to do to Sully. He's down. <laughs> but anyways, that's all I got for you guys today. So until next time, go out and celebrate good times, Ace fans. And I will talk at you tomorrow. Tomorrow.